I think fall became a thing. PSLs, leggings, UGG life, basic, that was all the same. So it just became this like fall culture. Can you hit me with some more basic fall terms? Like, <laughs> wow, I'm PSLs, rabbits keep flying out of your mouth. <laughs> Welcome to the Big Kid Problems Podcast, based on the comedic social channel all about not wanting to be an adult. I'm your host, the writer, creator, and pretty normal human being behind Big Kid Problems, Sarah Merrill. Now, I've spent the last almost decade making jokes about entering the adult world, and as I've gotten older, I've realized that no matter what your age is, we all have Big Kid Problems. So each week, we will take a funny yet informative look at a specific Big Kid Problem, break it down with our roundtable panel, then have out an expert to help us solve our problem of the week. From love and relationships, career, money, physical and mental health, bad decisions, and just general life responsibilities, nothing is off limits. So thank you so much for joining me as we navigate adulthood together. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Big Kid Problems Podcast, season two, baby. Look at that, guys. We sprung for DJ sound effects in season two. Shit is popping off and this little show is moving on up. (laughs) But for real, I am so excited to be back for our second season. If you are new to the show, my name is Sarah Merrill and I am so happy to have you here. I run the comedic social media account, Big Kid Problems. Maybe you've heard of it, maybe you haven't, but I basically have been making relatable little jokes and memes on the internet pretty much every day for the last, oh God, eight years um, about the struggles of adulthood. And I created this podcast to help us overcome some of those very same struggles I like to joke about. So each week we dive into a new topic or big kid problem, if you will. And I have to tell you, we have some really really good topics coming up for you in this second season. Uh, It took time, but we found some awesome experts and guests. And I love that this season is kicking off with back to school season because it all just, it just feels right. I mean, we're all going to learn a lot together in the next few months. So thank you for listening. Uh, Tell your friends that we're back on the air. Um, Season two is going to be a fun and wild ride. All right. So for this first episode, we are going to start off with a bang, literally. Um, We're talking all about cuffing season, intimacy, seduction, and the art of finding and attracting a mate or just keeping your current mate happy. Um, Cuffing season seemed like the right place to start for this season because it is a natural phenomenon that is currently happening. I know when I first moved to New York, when I was 22. Um, I was coming from Florida. So the idea of finding someone to cuff up with for the cold weather months was like a little bit of a foreign concept for me. Uh, But sure enough, like September, October rolled around and my friends just started pairing off. And it was almost kind of like musical chairs in a weird way. Like the music would stop and everyone around me was finding seats. And pretty soon I was like, oh shit, I'm going to be the last man standing here if I don't do something. So needless to say, I've definitely made my share of mistakes in the name of cuffing. And we're going to talk about it in today's episode, but also cuffing season evolves. Like I'm in my thirties now and 
have a permanent cuff. So don't worry. We're going to talk to my relationship people too. There is a little bit of something for everybody in this episode. So first up, we have the hilarious comedians and hosts of the Girls Gotta Eat podcast on our roundtable today. We're going to talk all about scouting, cuffing fails, ignoring red flags. Um, Does that sound familiar to anybody? Uh, hookup culture and lots more. They honestly had me cracking up so hard in this episode that it actually like took a lot of time to edit my own laughter out of this episode. I mean, that's how ridiculous it got. And then we have on the incredible expert, Shan Boudram. She is a dating coach, sex educator, and relationship expert who literally wrote the book, The Game of Desire. Um, So she's going to drop some knowledge on our asses on everything from the art of seduction to finding your partner's turn on triggers and just so much more. She blew my mind in this interview. So definitely stick around for that one. So without further ado, we're going to jump into it with our roundtable panel. Stick around and we will be right back. feel like I need to come clean with you guys. It's fall and I know there's all this hype over pumpkin spice lattes, but you know what? I'm not into it. All right. I'm sorry, but they taste like drinking a candle and I just can't do it. All right. Let me live my truth. But you know what I do love? My warm, delicious mushroom-based beverages from Four Sigmatic. Hear me out. I know drinking mushrooms sounds weird, but their teas, coffees, and hot chocolates do not taste like mushrooms at all. And you get all the benefits of a superfood in your cup to help us all live healthier, more enhanced lives. Right now, I am loving the golden latte mushroom mix. It is so warm and cozy for fall. And the turmeric and it just gives it this like nice earthy spice to it. Perfect for a nice crisp fall day. It also has shiitake mushrooms in it, which have been used for centuries to boost your skin and give you that glow from within. I'm telling you, way better than a freaking PSL. Their mushroom coffee with lion's mane is also incredible and has about half the caffeine of regular coffee, but still gives your brain a boost in productivity, focus, and creativity. So if you're looking to give your adrenals a break and cut back in caffeine. It is a great, great choice. Oh, and right now I have a special offer for our big kid listeners. You can receive 15% off your Four Sigmatic purchase. Just go to foursigmatic.com slash big kid. That's four, like F-O-U-R, sigmatic.com slash big kid. I'm also going to link that in show notes or just use discount code big kid at checkout. All right, guys, welcome back to the Big Kid Problem Podcast. I am pumped this episode. Uh, I'm sitting here with the two lovely ladies from the Girls Gotta Eat Podcast. For anybody who doesn't know Girls Gotta Eat, like you guys have like blown up. You're super funny. You talk all about dating. Like, how did you guys even start this? I always say, Ashley, you tell the story better, babe. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I I had this idea to start a podcast about dating and relationships and sex. I was um, I had moved to New York City from Atlanta. I lived there for a while, and I'd been here for a few months. And I was doing the social media thing. I have a big uh, influence. Influ- I have a big humor account as well. And hit was, us with it, um, Bros Being Basic. I love that. Yeah, account. thanks. And uh, so I was doing like stand up, and I come from like a radio and TV background when I was in Atlanta. So I was obviously noticing podcasting was the next 
big thing. It was already happening. And I just wanted to do it with a female co-host. And I met Raina on a press trip in Aruba and we became friends. And then we just started talking about dating and I could tell she was really funny and quick. And I just asked her if she wanted to do a podcast and she said yes. And it worked out the rest by, the, by the grace of God. So, <laughs> so there's a few more conversations you should have before going into business with a person we, <laughs> we had did to not have. have. <laughs> Absolutely none of them whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, we met and we, we I feel like I'm pretty good at vetting somebody if they're going to be like a lazy piece of shit or if they have like a different vision from me. So, I mean, we had a few of those initial meetings and I was like, well, too late now. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> we just like God, went in full it. speed ahead and then Raina was sick for six months. <laughs> Oh my God. Well, it's good that you stuck it out. Yeah, I'm here. I'm surviving. You survived. Did you have that break in your friendship when you were on this trip where like one of you just like said something like really ridiculous and you're like, fuck yeah. The first moment I knew we were going to be friends was we were on this trip together and I convinced her it took one second to crash a wedding with me at the hotel we were staying at. (laughs) And then we got kicked out by the bride. And I was like, this chick is cool. Yeah. Um, And then we- Wait, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, we were like at, it was at at a Marriott on the beach. Beautiful place for destination weddings. And we had this beautiful dinner and then- Wait, just, you like, ate the dinner at the wedding? No, like we had a, like on, there was a restaurant on the beach. On the beach. Oh, okay. And then I, was like, I don't know. Damn. I just, yeah, Arena, I we hear music. We're like rap music. We're like, is that a wedding? And yeah, let's Reyna, just go. Yeah. So we went and the bride chased us out of the wedding. She was great. Uh, and then um, the next moment where we really knew we were going to be friends, I, we came back to New York. We're like, you know, are we going to be like adult friends? Is this going to happen? And Ashley went away on another press trip. And she, can I tell the story? I don't want to embarrass That's, you. No, it's my story. <laughs> this is how I knew. Yeah. So the, I went on a press trip like a month or two later and I, right and I hung out, maybe we hung out three times in New York. Like we were not, obviously we had not to discuss a podcast. We were just kind of casual friends and maybe like six weeks, two months after we met and I went on this press trip same type of trip we've been on, different location, obviously. And like fucked this guy in the trip night one. <laughs> and like, I woke up at like six in the morning. He was leaving my room because we like didn't want to get busted because we're on like a work trip together. And I, Raina was my first text because I was like, she's going to be so proud because she knows what press trips are like and how crazy it is to fuck somebody from the trip at it, like night one. Was he like on the trip? He was on the trip. So it's like literally five people on this trip that you're with them the entire time. And he was on it. And we actually ended up dating for a little bit after that. But I just was like, before anyone else, it was like Raina got that first text. And I was like, we're friends. That's when you know. That, that is, is when you know. And it's not everybody's going to send you a text like that. Like she rolled over with this guy's naked balls just next to her. <laughs> and she was like, got to tell Raina. I want to be clear. I just high-fived him. I was like, see you later, <laughs> bud. And then texted Raina. I feel like that's how he knew it was real. He was like, did this bitch just fuck me night one and high-five me on the way out? I think I fist bumped him. I think I was like, see you later at the pool. Seems to have worked out for you guys. Because yeah. then it led down this journey. Yeah. And here we are. And I'm so happy. I have you on for this episode because we're talking about fall boyfriends <laughs> and fall relationships and basically like cuffing season in general. Yeah. And do you guys think that cuffing season is like a nationwide phenomenon or is this like a New York thing? International. No, that's, International. That's when we met right now. Right before cuffing season. I cuffed her up. Yeah, that's right. October 9th, I met Ashley. <laughs> Prime oh cuffing season. <laughs> you remember the date? Yes, That's I so do. Cute. It's our anniversary. It's definitely not in New York. I mean, I guess you could say, I don't know about other countries, but yeah, I think it's all over. Yeah. In New York, it doesn't exist. There's no month you can get a man in New York. <laughs> all 12 months are non-cuffing season. It's actually everywhere but New York. No. Um, 
Yeah, I think it's a thing. It's totally a thing. I think there are points if you are, I on I app date. I use really just Hinge exclusively. Like just, I think it's the best one, the most quality one. And you know, my notifications are on, so I see when someone likes me. And you, there's times when you just get like an onslaught. Sunday evening, when everyone's just like in the Sunday scaries, feeling like a piece of shit. Uh, the, it was the over the holidays were crazy because people were just bored with their families. Yeah, and then I think right around the early fall, like you, you, I can tell, I can see, I can see it happening. That's so funny. It's true though. And then I think like also it's like the weather changes. Like we go Absolutely. from like summer being like hot and don't deep. touch me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Too. I'm cold and I actually like physically need like I'm ready to put body. on my winter weight. I need to <laughs> yeah, get and go on dinner, dinner dates. Absolutely. Yes. I'm ready like I'm ready to up. eat. Summer is over. Fuck that. Dates where we just go out for drinks. Fuck that. In the fall, I'm eating dinner, full blown dinner. Let me get it in my sweatshirt. Well, Raina also like spends I don't know, 60% of her awake hours laying out. Laying so out. Yeah. like when it that's over, she doesn't have anything else to do. So she's like, I guess I gotta put in some work. <laughs> oh my God. Actually, you know how much I lay out? I The last person I had sex with, I met him on my roof. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> that's how often I'm up that's there. That's how you multitask, guys. Yeah. Is that awkward now when you're up there on the roof? Well, I can't just, I fucked him again. So <laughs> I made it less awkward. Oh my um, God. But yeah, it was a little uncomfortable at first because like you get in the elevator and every day you'd be like ready for the runway show. You know, like I can't just take my trash out without makeup on anymore. Oh, because you have one of these like big buildings where you see people? Because um, I'll see the guy that I slept with. Oh yeah. And he lives directly above me. I live mm. in a huge building, yes. But I, I will have to move him. at that point. He should move, he should okay? Move. Yeah. You know, for how bad the sex was, he can leave the building. <laughs> That's how you get evicted. <laughs> uh, you fucked a tenant and it was bad, so you're out of here. <laughs> you get an eviction. What if you put an eviction notice on his door? <laughs> Your dick has been evicted. <laughs> out of here. Um, okay. No, uh, cuffing season has always <laughs> has always been around. It's like meme culture and like social media made it. What it is. I don't know what year it came out. Like I can usually pinpoint. Like maybe it was like 2000. 12, I don't know. I feel like that was actually, yeah. I like, feel like it, it I feel like it happened when that Craigslist ad came out. Do you guys remember that? No. Uh, the maybe. girl, this girl posted a Craigslist ad for a fall boyfriend. And it was the nice. funniest shit yeah. ever. I think you're right. And like I started my bros being basic in 2014, which wasn't basic, was the word that was invented. No one knew what that word was. So like, I think fall became a thing. PSLs, leggings, UGG life, basic, that was all the same. So it just became this like fall culture. Can you hit me with some more basic fall terms? Like, <laughs> wow, I'm PSLs, rabbits keep flying out of your mouth. <laughs> that was impressive. Jeez. I mean, I built a career on it, so yeah. I should know. Um, I built a career on the backs of pumpkin spice lattes. <laughs> <laughs> PSLs just flying out of your mouth. But I think that all kind of tied in, you know, like yeah. it's one of those cultural things. Like it, it, it's all, it always been a thing, but we put a name to it. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And I feel like in the winter, I mean, I'm not going out on dates. In the spring, it's almost summer. I don't want a boyfriend. And then summer is summer. I mean, it's only like two months out of the year to get a boyfriend. That's Ra- it. Yeah. Raina will shame you. I, we had a moment <laughs> on our podcast last year when I was like, she was like, you can't date in the summer. And I was like, yes, I can. I, I, I'm fine to date in the summer. She's, I was like, I'm planning on it. And she goes, how's that going for you? And I was like, you're right. You're right. <laughs> like, cause it's not, I don't know. It's especially in New York. You're just too hot. It's just too hot. Too like hot I can't. Yeah. yeah. No central AC. Get out of here. Oh, I was going to ask you guys, if you're looking for, you know, your, uh, cuffing season romance, like mm-hmm. what's your, like, where do you go? To like, find where these are dudes? we taking them or where do we find where them? Where do you find them? <sighs> 
I've had like really good luck meeting people through friends like over the years or in my building. We meet um, people, clearly on your we, room. We meet people, people on the road, on the road a lot. Yeah. yeah, we meet guys at our shows. So like start a podcast, get really famous, do live shows, meet guys there. Or just whatever. Enough enough to tour. And like any, I don't even think I've had a thing with a guy in New York this year. It was like LA guy, then Chicago guy, Denver guy. It's just like, that's, I hope that's how they are in your phone. Like Denver guy. Denver Dick. Yeah. Big D. Yeah. That's what it says. <laughs> that member D. That's what he's in there as. Um, we love guys outside of New York. I mean, New York is fine, I guess. But um, guys outside of New York, great. Can't recommend them enough. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, I guess the apps are good. Ashley uses the apps a lot. I don't really. I mean, if cuffing season, maybe I will. Yeah. I feel like it's a good, a good, I mean... I feel like you have to go through a lot of shit. Yeah. We did an episode on this. We, we're not, we're just like, I mean, we're half joking, but we did an episode called How to Meet Men in the Wild. Like how, aside from the apps, how to go out, like kind of go out with like one girlfriend. We did a whole thing on it. So Raina's a big fan of like hotel bars. You know, you can go to like a steakhouse. You get a lot of businessy type guys there. Like two hot chicks at the bar at a steakhouse. You're going to probably get some attention or maybe your meal paid for. <laughs> Like, I, I'm a, I have a dog, so that's always been big for me. I've made actual, I've dated guys that I met at a dog park or walking my dog. I've met girlfriends that way. Like, that's a good, and that's a good conversation opener on the streets anyway. On the streets, yeah. yeah. I mean, I Ashley and I work for ourselves. So, like, working in coffee shops or in hotel lobbies are a great way to meet people. There's always somebody that'll, like, ask you for a charger or something. You start a conversation. Oh, but, yeah. yes, cannot recommend enough going with one other girlfriend and sitting at the bar. These guys just aren't going to approach you uh, like a with, pack. Like, a bunch yeah. of girls. Yeah. I mean, they might, but they're usually pretty drunk, and it's, like, not the kind kind of guy you want to approach yeah. you. So yeah, like one girlfriend is always like such a good idea and just like keep yourself sort of open to it, like physically open. And Raina just has them on the podcast. So that's how she <laughs> operates. Literally every time I want to sleep with somebody, I just invite them on the show. <laughs> really? And yeah. does, that, does that work out? It's worked out. You know, we've had mixed results. <laughs> I have a problem with comedians. I just I want to sleep with all of them. So just oh keep inviting them on the show. I mean, that's a good strategy. When you say like physically open when you're out, I think like like girls tend to just like face each other, sit in a corner, giggle. Like if your body language is a little more physically open mm-hmm. to the room, like if legs you're facing the room, out, yeah, yeah. legs out, <laughs> just spread, man, spread, spread yeah. your legs, spread eagle. <laughs> I think more. It's just I think it's the two girls is the trick. Like three, you're a pack, and the guys can't penetrate the pack. So I noticed that literally. I mean, we were out that one night. It was me, you, and a friend of mine. She's married, so she's a great wing woman. And Raina left, and I met a dude immediately. Like, I think it's just less intimidating for them when you're just, you know, two instead of three plus. Yeah. yeah. But also, that's, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm in my 30s. I used to go out a lot more looking for dudes, and I, it's never really my intention. So I'm, I don't care about it. Like, I, if I, if, I don't know. I go out with a bunch of girlfriends all the time, have amazing girls' nights. So I'm not out here like, only two. Yeah. I can't, you can't come. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, I think that we also profess a lot, like, just say yes. Like, say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. You never know when you're going to meet somebody. So, like, her and I are always, like, just doing, like, weird, one-off, quirky things, whether it's just, like, an art show or a screening of a movie or, like, just hang out with some random friends that you haven't met before. Like, always just say yes because you just— That's how I've met so many great people is just going to a birthday party I might not have gone to or something yeah. like that. Yeah, that's a, Most of the people I know that have had success meeting somebody in New York, that's it. It was, like, a party. You you know, you, you live here part-time. Like, there's people always having apartment parties, rooftop parties, stuff like that. I think yeah. that's, like— 
The mutual friend thing is key. That's really good. And that's, that's so easy in New York. Yeah. I feel like anybody, my LA listeners especially, need to pay attention to that one because it's so easy to like not do things in you LA. You just want to stay in. You just want to stay in. You're like, yeah, oh, it's hard to get there. Yeah, it's going to be a two-hour drive mm-hmm. to like get anywhere, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know? And like, if you don't know if it's going to be good, you're like, fuck that shit. Yeah, well, but, there's that funny meme that's like, you know, if if he wants me, he'll find me when I'm sitting in my apartment alone. Um, <laughs> if it's meant to be, he'll find me in my apartment. <laughs> right. Uh, so that's why like we always just say like, put yourself I out. I posted zone. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah like really years funny. ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, push yourself outside of your comfort zone. Everybody that I've met has been through like those like one-off situations, like weird, crazy situations, and especially mutual friends. I think people just act a little bit better. Like I think that somebody mm-hmm. men are less likely to sort of write you off or do something not nice if they know they're accountable to another person. Mm, um, yeah, like yeah, the anon- anonymity. I hate that word saying it. Like that makes people act like assholes. Raina always does that. She's like, if you have that mutual friend, you're like have to be a little more accountable. Yeah, that is true. They can't yeah. just be like a total dick. Yeah. Have you guys ever like, all right, say you've met a guy, you start talking, this is your, you're trying to like make him into your, um, you know, keep fall boyfriend, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever like overlooked some like glaring red flags in the name of warmth? <laughs> I, think everybody, <laughs> I think everybody has. Do I like him or am I just cold? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I've overlooked red flags when I'm hot even. Like, I don't know. I just think, yeah, of course. I don't, I'm trying to think if I can come up with an example. I think people, I think that's such a real thing. Like, you're like, I just want somebody. Yeah. So, and I think you're, I'm I kind of a thing right now with somebody that I don't, no, I don't. I don't think it's really going to be long term. But I'm and Raina's kind of the same way. But it's like, eh, whatever. It's fine. Uh, we'll see. It's it's good for now. Yeah, and it's hard I think to that's judge. the mentality. Like it's good for now. It's good for the fall. I like that. It's good for now. I think that it's hard to judge what is a red flag versus what is just baggage that everybody has. And I try to sort of judge like, am I writing this person off too quickly for something that is so stupid and ridiculous and superfluous, or is this something that is like really going to be a deal breaker for me down the road? Yeah. And I think it's important to sort of try to judge those two things. Like, is there, do they have a dimple that's sort of placed a little far to the left for you? Like, get over it. But like, do they have weird eating issues? Okay, well then maybe that's a problem. We say this all the time. Like, you do not know why you like somebody. Sometimes you literally just feel it. It's like the way you guys interact, the way somebody smells, like it's like a chemistry thing. So that gets through a lot. Because I think women, it's like women like us, it's hard to find people you really like. So when you find somebody that you're like, I just have chemistry with them, you will overlook so much. I have a girlfriend of mine just liked this guy so much and he just didn't like her enough. Like everything was wrong. He was so unreliable and she just couldn't quit him because the like physical sexual Uh, chemistry was unlike anything she had in years. I think that makes such a difference. Damn. So, so annoying. Yeah. I think, look, people are going to have to look, overlook things for me too. Like, I'm not a perfect specimen. I try to be. But, like, I try to be like, all right, other people need to overlook shit for me too. I can overlook shit for them. It's just like, are those your deal breaker things? You know? Yeah. Like, I dated somebody for a really long time that just, like, couldn't really get his life together. And it was just one job after the next. And we had all kinds of money issues. And, like, that will always be a deal breaker for me now. I thought for a long time, like, I love this person. They're great. I'll deal with it. But like, that was a huge issue for us. And I I can't overlook stuff like that today. Yeah. Um. So you just got to find out like what your top things you won't like that are your deal breakers and you walk away. Otherwise, enjoy yourself. That's very true. That's very true. I'm thinking too, like, I feel like there's so many things I've overlooked in, in the past, especially around like this time of year. And especially <laughs> like, 
I don't know, when you're trying to stay in and stay warm and like somebody has like a really good like HBO hookup or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Girl, get a raise. <laughs> Buy your own HBO hookup. I know, that is true. Like we, that's like what we preach where we're just like, whatever. <laughs> Buy yourself. Okay, that's fair now, but like in my early 20s. Oh, you ha- girls gotta eat. I mean, girls, why do you think we Yes. Eat? Oh my God. Like you guys are making me feel bad. What the fuck? No, I'm just, it, no, we, we're saying like we've just kind of, we, we're old now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when you're roaming these streets, at 22. Yeah, you're just trying to get a meal. <laughs> yeah, I'm your girlfriend. It's fine, whatever. Where are we going to eat? Like, it's <laughs> so true. I was fully dated a guy like because he had like a Homeland. Like, I we, we started watching Homeland together and yeah. like, I didn't have HBO. So I was like, even though like maybe episode three in, I was like, this isn't working. I like had to stay. Finish the series. Yeah, finish, finish that the season. season out. Yeah. <laughs> well, then you have a common ground. Like, that is very funny. I always think about that couples. If you like, you're you're bonded by the show and the, the series finale. You're like, this is over, I isn't am it? Done with this. <laughs> All right, we're gonna pack things up. Yeah. Yes. Well, before we pack things up here, I wanted to play a little game with you guys because okay. I love that you do this on your show. Okay. You guys play this game called Psycho or Power Move. Okay. Which we I do. love, and I feel like we're gonna do a version of this for anybody trying to get a fall boyfriend, you know, like, so these are some moves that I've found that some people may use to try and find their, their cuffed person. Um, so I'll give them to you and you guys tell me if you guys think it's a psycho or power move. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Sound good. All right. First thing is, um, lying about yourself to make you seem like better girlfriend material. Like example, like pretending you like hikes. Uh, Did you write this for Raina? (laughs) I always say, like, I I hate when, like, my real self has to catch up to my fake self. I will lie about everything. I exercise. I like to hike. I'll go camping. I will... I am so full of shit in the beginning of a relationship. <laughs> but, like, not that far. I'm, I'm three weeks in before I, like, please. I'm, like, three drinks in. Um, before I, like, I'm, like, I hate that stuff. That's terrible. Yeah. I think it's, I don't know. It's all, I just, am, we joke about this stuff. I show people who I am right up top. But I always think it's a little crazy to, to depends to what you're lying about. Depends on what you're lying about. Yeah, if you're Hiking. just, yeah, if you, that's the thing. If you're, I think if I met a guy and I was vibing with him and he was like, I love skiing, I might just like tone it down about how much I hate skiing. Like I might be like, yeah, I, I don't go a lot, but I'd be willing to go more. Like, I don't think I'd be like, oh my God, it's my nightmare. I'm so terrible. I will never go with you. I think I would like, kind of fib yeah. a little, maybe. Eh, probably not. Activities, <laughs> I'll lie about. But I think Ashley and I are pretty strong personalities. Like, I think you meet us on a date and you're like, I, I like this girl or I don't. And we're not trying to hide who we are. I, I'm not going to be like, I'm a Republican. You right. know, like, I'm not going to, like, lie. Like, <laughs> right. I'm not going to be like, I have no opinions about anything. My opinions are your opinions. <laughs> yeah. So did you say this is a psycho or power move? I think uh, just depends on I think on it's just lie. a bad idea. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, definitely not a power move. No. Right. It's like psycho or just, eh. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't deserve power move. True. Okay. Good call. All right. Next one. Leaving something intentionally at their place. They have to hang out with you again. Power move. I think that's a power Strat- move. It's strategic. It's strategy. Strategic. It's not psycho. They know. I feel like they know. It's funny to me because they know and you do it anyways. You know? I've done it unintentionally before though. For somebody I we did not want to see again. Rain and I just did this. We we were in Denver. We did a show at this comedy club. They gave us sweatshirts, something that they do. It's really cute. And we left them in this guy's car <laughs> unintentionally. I would have liked the sweatshirt. And they were like, we see you girls. And we're like, no. Really? Can you FedEx that we to don't me? Need you, we don't need to make you like us more. Like you already do. Like we're good. Uh, he left his wallet at our place. <laughs> the first time Ashley hooked up oh, with yeah. him. He left his wallet. And I was yeah. like, I'm going through 
through this whole thing. Pulled out every single thing out of the wallet. I even, he's like friends with this guy that I'm dating. And I was like, we literally went through the whole wallet, just to be clear. Like, like what, did you find anything juicy in there? We found a condom. Which Obviously. we didn't need the night before. <laughs> um, <laughs> or I guess we could have used it, but we didn't. Uh, and we did something funny with it. Whatever, we're children. But uh, We made some artwork with the condom. <laughs> But I actually didn't know how old he was. So I obviously didn't look at his license. He was younger than I thought. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. But yeah, but we told him. We went through his stuff. <laughs> That's a little yeah. psycho. That's so funny. Do you guys go through stuff? Like, let's say you're in the guy's bathroom. Like, even alone, because it's obviously if you guys are together, we're like, we're <laughs> definitely going to go have through a t- it. We have a term. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this so funny to me? We have a term for it. <laughs> we call it the poop and snoop. So you go... <laughs> You go in. We, I am not a snooper, but I'm going through everyone's bathroom. Like if I had more time, I would have started going through your bathroom. I'm just curious. So yeah, I will go through, I'm not going to like try to unlock his safe or his phone or his email, but I'm going through your bathroom. Uh, We were doing an episode about like privacy and boundaries. And I'm like, okay, be honest. Like when a guy leaves you his apartment or you go through your scent, Ashley's like, hell yeah, I'm going through that shit. Like real loud. Like I'm not digging around to find like your tax return from last year, but. Yeah, I got to know. All right, stalking someone on... Okay, let's say you like have a crush on somebody and you stalk them on social media and like you find someone online you think is hot. You stalk them on social media so that when you meet them at a bar, you can pretend like you've already met them before. It's a little psycho. I, when I was, the summer, I was like such a slut when I was 19. I was always, and I had a fake idea. I was going to like bars all the time. And that was my pickup line was like, have we met before? I don't know. I just was like, it worked. Nine times out of ten, it's yeah, thing is they don't, don't care. care. Yeah, you can like, say anything, but it would start a conversation, like because then they'd be like, "Oh, maybe," and we would just start talking. Yeah, guys don't really care. I met this guy in an elevator once, and then I saw him later on that night and found out what his name was, and then I slid into his DMs. Like, there's no reason why I should have known what his Instagram was. Oh, right, and it worked out great. Yeah, what'd guys, you, what'd you use? What was your DM slide? I said it was nice to meet you with a winky face because he left, and this girl was like, "This is what his name was," and I looked him up, and I was like, "Oh, okay," and I just slid right in. Yeah, it worked out great, and because yeah, they don't care. Like that's a that's more of a female thing to be like, "Oh my god, it's such a creep!" Like if a guy if he he wants to fuck you or not. So if he thinks you're attractive and he would fuck you, he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Smart. All right, ladies listening, if you want to get some, you know, cuff it down, you just got to like slide in the DM. Yeah, like guys it. don't care. Yeah, it's how you act after those things happen. Because yeah. guys think, it, guys are like, cool, this is cool. She's confident, sexy. It's how you act after that. Well, and it's, the, I think it's the slide. I think it's what you, I mean, you don't slide in like, can I suck your dick? Like, it's weird. Like, you got to keep some class about it. Like, I think Raina just said, nice to meet you. We have a guy friend right now that's been dating a girl for months and she slid in. She just commented something kind of, kind of funny and short about one of his stories. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't think you do yourself any favors by sliding in with something really sexually aggressive. Yeah. Um, but I think the slide lets the guy know you're interested. Dude, I agree. And I can't believe I never did that back in the day. Like, I just never, I was like always so nervous to do that. There's just nothing like, there's, it's, we always say like, if you're nervous about how it comes across, like make sure it can come across friendly. Like if that guy, the Raina said, nice to meet you. She's not, she doesn't need to be hitting on you. You're, she's in comedy. You're in comedy. She's just networking, yeah. you know? Like, right. you can always run it you back. You like those comedians, huh? I, I really do. And this one was covered in tattoos. Um, <laughs> but we also always say, like, what is the absolute worst thing that's going to happen? The worst thing that was ever going to happen was he was going to ignore my DM. He, well, he's not going to write back and be like, it wasn't nice to meet yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. You know? Very yeah. true. Very true. 
Okay, so did we give that one? We gave that one a power move? The, the, I don't know. I think it's a little psycho to try to run into the person. But outside of that, stalking is always a good move. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm into it. Um, all right. So since it is football season, what about involving yourself so much in football season? Like, you know, researching a team, like picking your favorite player, like wearing the jersey to like start combo, even though you like 100% do not give a fuck. Ugh, it's just lame. <laughs> like, I think it don't, I would never do that. And also I'm a little triggered because I have the data like a crazy football guy. Uh, it, it just, it's it's not authentic. Like it's, it's just weird. Like I think know enough to be dangerous. Like if you are with a guy or you're, you want to meet a guy that's super into some team, know a few things, but don't like buy the merch and like <laughs> memorize the whole roster and like do, do, I don't know. It just feels a little unnatural to me. The worst thing is, is like you could say something like pretending to know what you're talking about and they ask a follow-up question. You can, yes, it's like, my nightmare. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay, so we're saying that's psycho. Psycho. Okay, and our final one, um, this is always the Hail Mary, but (laughs) faking a pregnancy scare. Whoa, huge power move. Do it every time. Get in there, girls. Always fake a pregnancy. Get a pregnancy test that says it's positive. Send it to his house. Oh, my God. No. Can't recommend this enough. (laughs) So psycho. I like... I just like you brought up. I like this is like how I started my last relation, like long term relationship what was pregnancy. But, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> my the, this guy I met, I met this guy and at a show, and then he posted on my Facebook timeline. Like this is years ago when we still use Facebook. Like his phone number. I was like, this guy is crazy. Like what a crazy person. No private message. No nothing. Oh, wow. Like phone number on my wall. We the old people call it walls. Uh, timeline. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, this is wild. Like someone needs to send this kid a dick pic. Like how bold are you? <laughs> and so I waited a few hours and then I texted him and I was like, hey, it's Amber from a couple weekends ago. Listen, I think I might be pregnant. <laughs> and, like he wrote back, I fucking hate you. And I was like, we're gonna date. But I. It was crazy because he actually had randomly a few weeks prior hooked up with like a cocktail waitress from a strip club. No, I I know. I forgot. That's the part of it. Cause he like, and he didn't tell me that right away. We started talking and then eventually we started dating. And somewhere on that line, he was like, that really fucked me up. Cause (laughs) I had just hooked up with somebody like weeks prior that it could have been. How did he figure out it was you? He just knew. Okay. I, he's addressed, he just dropped his number to me. And I mean, he might've seen the area code and knew not knowing us from Delaware. He just knew. He was just like, I fucking hate you. Oh my God. That's and, amazing. And then he was like, is this Ashley? Just confirming. I would know. I would know that it was Ashley. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, thank you guys for all of the, that wisdom. <laughs> I hope uh, everyone listening out there is going to cuff up this season. And uh, now we have some methods, you know, just fake a pregnancy. <laughs> Um, if we want to we do find- not endorse that. <laughs> Just kidding. Stick around and we will be right back with our expert of the week. Remember during fall when you would get your back to school supplies and just feel like you had your life together? Well, Hum Nutrition is like doing that, but for your body. Hum Nutrition offers a variety of supplements, each combined with precise vitamins for specific aims. So like clearer skin, boosted energy, better sleep, fuller hair, and there's so many other options. I mean, it's great. Uh, As it turns out, we don't always get enough nutrients from our food, apparently mozzarella sticks, don't have a high nutritional value. I mean, who knew? So supplements are an important life and beauty hack to keep you looking and feeling good. 
Honestly, any supplement is a good idea, but I love that Hum has specific targeted formulas backed by clinical results and that I can just do a monthly subscription. So they just come to my house and I don't have to go to the store and actually like talk to people. Always a plus. Uh, So here's the fun part. If you want to find the right supplement combo for you, they have a three-minute quiz on their website right now that will give you personalized recommendations. And I just love an online quiz. Very back-to-school vibes. Uh, Just go to humnutrition.com and click get started and then get 20% off your first purchase with code BIGKID at checkout. Again, that is 20% off when you head to humnutrition, like H-U-M nutrition.com and use that handy code BIGKID at checkout. All right. Welcome back to the Big Kid Problem Podcast. I am here with Shan Boudram. She is a certified sex educator, a dating coach, and relationship expert with a huge YouTube following. I mean, you've been featured on MTV, the New York Times, Forbes, Time Magazine, just to name a few. And you have a new book called The Game of Desire, Five Surprising Secrets to Dating with Dominance and Getting What You Want. Welcome to the show. What a smooth intro. You were like, <laughs> you know what? Sometimes I cut, I mess up, and you were perfect. That was a ten. You stuck the landing. I don't want to like pat myself on the back, but I think that was the best intro I've ever. You done. did great. You did really great. <laughs> that was so smooth. All right, we're off to a strong start. Um, but we're here. We're talking about cuffing season, and like I can't think of anybody better to have on than you, who like knows all about this stuff. And um, we're, you know. For anybody who's, we're moving into fall, maybe some people want to get a little bit more serious about dating. Maybe they want to find somebody to like spend the holidays with or just like snuggle up with all winter long. Um, cuffing season is the time to do it. I feel like people start making their draft picks. It yes. gets real. <laughs> but what's funny is we left off on our round table. We were talking about like some crazy ways to maybe like pick up the opposite sex. So I thought that that could be kind of a fun way. Let's kick this off. Let's talk about seduction. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about like ways to attract other people. I would love to know what was the most memorable line that you guys said in that conversation? Oh, (laughs) there's a few. Um, Well, we were talking about like ways to like lock it down. Um, I'm pregnant. (laughs) Faking a pregnancy scare. (laughs) So no, not that one. That's not seductive. (laughs) That is frightening and potentially unethical, maybe even illegal. Yeah, we got, we voted that psycho. Okay, fair, good. Yeah. Good vote. Um, I think that the misconception about seduction is that it's all about looks and that a seductress looks like Marilyn Monroe or Kim Kardashian. We have this very vivid picture in our mind when we think of seductive. However, Oprah is one of the great seducers of our time. Ellen DeGeneres is one of the great seducers of our time. There's many different ways that people can draw people in and want them to keep coming back. And that's what your job is as a seducer, is to create an air of mystery around you and a demand for you because what you're offering is so great. So I love the book, The Art of Seduction, which I reference a lot in my book, The Game of Desire, because it lists nine different ways that someone can be seductive as hell. And only one of those nine ways has to do with how you physically present yourself. So I think when people say, I'm not a good flirt, or I'm not a good at seducing, or I'm not that kind of person, they're really limiting themselves and their potential to not only um, go out there and feel like they can own the room, but to be able to go home with the person in the room that they want. So I would hope that through my work and other works that are out there right now, people are starting to really reimagine what seducing can look like and how they can be a part of that narrative. That's so cool. And I think that is a huge thing. So somebody who may not think that they like 
you know, look that a certain way. I, I feel like that's so relatable is that they don't think that they can be seductive. So I'm interested, what are some of these other ways that just have nothing to do with looks? So the keg is one, and these are all like nicknames. It's very important when you learn new things to give it your own personal spin. That's how you're going to remember it. I remember your name because I personalized it to someone that I know before. So the keg essentially is the person who walks into the room and starts the party. We all have that friend that they just make social environments better. And in social environments, everybody wants to be close to them because they're where the party is at. So when you even go on a date with somebody, I try to be the keg when I'm on a date by being kind to the waiter you know, complimenting another patron at the bar, for example, or just like being an outgoing, gregarious person so that in that person's reflective glow, you actually feel like I'm with the cool person. So I said Oprah as a seducer, and I referred this technique as the Oprah. It's known in the art of seduction as being the ideal lover. And that is the person who speaks to your highest potential. So Mm. if you and me have a conversation and you tell me what your dreams are, and the next time I see you, I'm like, hey, how's that stationary business going that you've always dreamed of doing? That's not your dream, obviously. (laughs) How did you know? (laughs) You're getting married. So I'm like, stationary, maybe. Are you doing physical invitations or Um, digital? I'm trying to figure it out. I'm probably going to do physical. I'll probably, I'll probably... Probably a little bit of both, but I'm I'm just like yeah I've I've I have so many stacks of people's invitations like I'm like you know what bitch like my shit's gonna go on your refrigerator right yeah for <laughs> there you go yeah. so when you remember really important parts of who someone is and when they're around you they feel like they are in reflection of their highest self so Oprah does that because she really interviews and focuses and leans into people and when you're around Oprah you're your best version of yourself um, and so if you can be that for someone else they're going to want to be around you more often. Then there's the person who is the coquette or I call the faucet. And that's the person who gives you the hot and cold. Like you never really know exactly where you sit with them. They play with your emotions, they tease. And as a result of that, you're, you know, nothing creates an addiction, like an inconsistent reward. Hmm. So when you can be that inconsistency of sometimes I have their attention, sometimes I don't, that can be seductive. It's also of course, manipulative in many ways. So I'd be sure to think about an ethical approach to using all of these. Uh, I think that seduction, when you know who you are and know you can provide something good and you can give someone a pleasant experience is a positive thing. I think seduction, when you're trying to trick somebody to manipulate them into a scenario that you know ordinarily they would not want to be in, that's when it's a negative thing. What about for somebody who is maybe a little bit more shy Mm -hmm. or a little bit like has a harder time kind of like putting themselves out there? Like, are there any tips you would say for that kind of person? Practice. Yeah. (laughs) Shy is not a death sentence. It's not like I'm five foot eight. I'm shy. You know, I can't change that. Even then, put on some damn heels um, or put on some flats. You can alter your state. You are whoever you consistently decide to be. So if you're shy, yes, there are seduction techniques like the Oprah could work for you because it's really more about one-to-one. Mm-hmm. So it's less about being able to turn it on in the room and having that, like there's this seduction style called the natural. And that's the person who like gives zero fucks. Like, you know, when you're around somebody, you're like, how do they genuinely not care? Like Chrissy <laughs> Teigen is the perfect natural seducer. Like she reminds us of simpler times when we really just did and said what we wanted to say. So that person probably is not the shy person. They're the big, bold person. That may not be you. Maybe you are more of the faucet, the coquette, the tease. Maybe you are more of the Oprah, the natural. Perhaps you're the star. There's just this it factor about you that people can't pin down. But if you look at yourself, like my shyness is impeding me from having the kinds of relationship or stopping me from getting the cuffing season of my dreams, (laughs) start working on that. And I often say to people, like when I say to you, for example, what does making the first move mean to you? Making the first move, I'd say 
it's making an interaction, mm-hmm. you know, like oh, make even just even as the female, I feel like we can even just like, we don't even have to say anything. We could just like make an opening for that person to come up to us. So maybe it's like making eye contact. Maybe it's like using your body language, like face them and let them approach you. I like how I'm saying all of this. I never did any of this shit. No, when okay. I, was single. <laughs> I was like in the corner with my like eight friends, like talking, but I feel like, I don't know. That's what my, you were absolutely right. I think that we have this conception that making the first move is like, hello, how are you? Dinner later on me? And it's like, that doesn't feel organic to who you are. Maybe that goes against what your values are or how you want to be courted, for example. Making the first move can be something as simple as, can you pass me a napkin? Or, oh man, those are really great shoes. Where'd you get them from? I'm trying to get my dad a really great Father's Day gift. Those are the jam. Like it's just opening up uh, a dialogue. I would say when you get better at making the first move, you avoid pass me the napkin because that could just, you know, end right there. Someone's like, here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people are just as nervous as you about new social interactions. We all have the same fears of rejection, the same fears of strangers, and some people are naturally shy. So you want to make it as easy as possible for people by engaging in meaningful dialogues off the bat. I flirt constantly. I flirt all the damn time. Hmm. And it's a part of my natural being. Uh, I'm married, so I don't flirt with a goal and intention. I just do it to make social interactions more fun and to make my life less monotonous and to make someone else's day better. You know, when I just give someone a compliment that's really pointed, I think that that creates a positive memory for them. So practice flirting all the time. That's how you get better. You're not going to be able to dunk in the fourth quarter Uh, of the NBA finals if you've never dunked before, just like you won't be able to flirt if it's the hottest person in the world to you that you're like tongue tied over if you haven't been flirting before. So you change that by making it a normal part of your practice and try one new thing a day. From now on, whatever you would usually Google when you're out in public, ask a person instead. I like that. So it's like, you're not even necessarily like, you don't have to just like flirt with people you're attracted to. It can be anyone. It could just be like, feeling more comfortable in some of these situations. So like even talking to a complete stranger with no intention, just like being nice, being cordial, being open to that communication. Yes. Like that's doable. It's muscle memory. Yeah. Right. And our brains are stupid lazy. And for good reason. Our brains are also overloaded with information. Our brains are very busy. And so your brain has these things called neural circuits. And so it wants to travel down the path that always goes. So if you always go to work one way, it wants to go that way all the time. You know, sometimes you get home, you're like, I don't even remember how I got home. Mm -hmm. My brain was on autopilot. So when you tell your brain to go a different way, there's this book that I read that said that every change is actually perceived in your brain as a stressful event. Hmm. And if you think about it, like when you're walking through the forest, for example, you want to go on the path that's been walked on, that's cleared. And if you tell your brain, let's go through the brush, it's like, and get stuck and bit. Like, we don't know what's going to happen over there. There's so many unknowns. No, we want to go on the path. But if you want something different, you have to start creating that new path. And if you walk it enough times, eventually your brain will do it second nature, just like it does whatever you do now, second nature. Dude, how true is that? Like how many of us are guilty of like going to the same bar over (laughs) again, like doing the same shit with your same group of friends and expecting different results? And it's like, oh my God, in my single days, I was doing that every single weekend. And I'm like, why have I not met anybody? Well, how did you meet your person? Actually through a setup, through a friend. 
um, one of my good girlfriends was like, I was actually dating somebody else. And they were like, the second we broke up, they're like, oh my God, thank God we've been waiting to introduce yeah. you to this guy. <laughs> like you guys would be so cute. <laughs> I say to people that online dating to me is actually a pro tool. And if you are not comfortable flirting, connecting, talking, engaging in conversations in person, you're not comfortable vetting through people. You don't know exactly what you want in a partner. Don't online date. Mm. You should go through a mutual friend setup where that person has already vetted for you, there's a system of accountability, and that there's already some general familiarity. But I think a lot of people look at online dating as the entry point. I think it's a pro tool. Pro tool. Interesting. What if like, because I feel like, so I've had girlfriends being like, can you set me up? And I'm like, dude, every guy I know is the worst. Like not the worst, but I'm like, I would not, like my guy friends are all degenerates. I'm like, I wouldn't want to put that on my worst enemy. Um, so if you're not really getting set up by friends, like what other ways are there other than the dating apps? Or would you say it's like going out in the wild and like trying out some of those yes, tools? <laughs> going out in the wild. There's this book that I read. It was a bestseller in like 1960. It's called The Sensuous Woman. And it's the stupidest because it's obviously written in an archaic time. So some of the quotes in there are so dumb, like wear pantyhose unless you're like a filthy shrew. Like it's all ridiculous statements. <laughs> but it had this section in there where they were talking about this woman named Barbara. And Barbara was a assistant at a theater company. But Barbara knew herself and she felt that she was better suited for more of an intelligent, um, introspective, introverted kind of person who was more responsible than the theater types. So she was like, I'm gonna get me a job at an engineer firm. So she literally started working in an engineer firm. And of course, once you're in that environment, you're going to their social events, you're going to their happy hours, yada, yada, yada. A year and a half later, Barbara married an engineer. And so that's a stupid example. But that is to say, like, that's how zoning works. Like university is a system of you figuring out, oh, I'm good at biology. Let me go to school for that. And through that, you're like, oh, I actually really love biology as it relates to oncology. And so now you become an in the end, you're now an engineer of like cancer medicines, but you started that by like a slow systematic process of surrounding yourself with the environment that you know you're best suited for. Dating is the same thing. So you got to know yourself and be like, I actually love outdoors activity. So let me join a hiking group mm. or let me, if I'm at a place where I'm looking for a job, let me get a job at like an outdoorsy store at like Patagonia or something. And through that, I'll be around my community and I'm more likely to find the kind of person there that I would date. Or if I want to date a lawyer, find out where the biggest firms are, go to the happy hours in that neighborhood. <laughs> if I want to date a doctor, I'm going to find out where they go once they're off work, hang out there. You could also do a dating apps um, where you literally park outside of that place, set the dating app radius to zero miles and just swipe, knowing that the concentration of the kind of person you're looking for is going to be high in that area. That is so interesting. Oh my God, I am loving this. And it's so funny. It's bringing me back to like my early 20s in New York. Like me and my girlfriends would be like, we want to find a finance guy. And yes. we used to like go to the like happy hours and like yes. Wall Street. It never worked that way. But oh. <laughs> you never met one finance guy? I mean, I did. But like, that, it's funny you talk about like, you know, going to university and maybe like, figuring out what you're attracted to, like slowly but surely. Like I thought that's what I wanted. And then I would talk to these douchey ass finance guys and be like, oh, I can't do it. So I thought that's what I wanted, but maybe like, you know, kind of getting myself in the situation, I realized not exactly. So that's interesting. And I like that process of kind of like- What's the same as going to university? Sometimes you might pick a major and then be like, nah, I'm actually not going to be a nurse like I thought. There's a lot of gross shit that I wasn't prepared to do. It's not yep. all general hospital. So I think that everybody might go through that, but at least 
you're positioning yourself to answer that question. I originally went to school or thought I was going to go to school for like magazine publishing. And then out of high school, I worked at a magazine for a year. And I'm like, oh, this isn't fun and creative. This is 100% about selling ads. Mm. I don't want to sell ads. This is not the industry for me. And I'm grateful that I like concentrated myself in that area for a bit, learned, thought it wasn't for me, which brought me closer to what actually was for me. So smart. I, I love that. And it's it's true with dating too. It's like, and you, it's okay to come across that realization. Maybe you've been dating the same type of guy for a while and mm-hmm. it's not working. And it's like, all right, maybe we try something new. Yes. <laughs> You're with a winery. Yeah. What's a, what's a sommelier? <laughs> yeah, sommelier. He has a, um, a wine brand. Mm. So he's in wine, but he's, he's an a, entrepreneur. He's an entrepreneur. Yeah. And, but like, even just less about what he does, but like the type of person he is, is like much different than anybody I dated before. Like I dated the same type of guy just in a different body, like not even that much of in a, a different body. Like they all kind of look the same too. And then this guy came around and he was completely different. And I didn't think that's what I wanted. Like I was like very attracted to like my type. And it was interesting. I think like there's something to that, like going a little bit outside of what you normally do. Yes. And also like thinking about it more about less about what am I rawly attracted to and more about what am I best suited for? Because mm-hmm. those things often aren't aligned. And we know that in terms of diet, the foods that we're naturally drawn to versus what's actually healthy for our body and gives us the results we want are often not the same thing. So a lot of our biological influences are not necessarily aligned with what's going to make us the happiest. Oh my gosh, that's very interesting. How do you kind of figure out your right diet? <laughs> yeah, so does it, you like, got to um, buy my book. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> You have to, I think it's a big, like phase one of my book, which I'll say is like a free thing you can do. Um, it's just knowing yourself inside and out. How do you find the right job for you? You have to be like, tried math in a low risk environment with the help of a teacher, researched it, not for me. Okay, tried sociology, not that fascinating to me. What was fascinating to me was marketing. I love that class. It was best suited for me. I had the skills, I had the social skills that clicked. And so it's the same thing with dating. You have to really know your strengths, your weaknesses, where you thrive. I think that dating and choosing the right partner, especially in light of cuffing season, um, is less about how cool is that person? And more about how cool do I feel around that person? Mm. Like I choose a partner and my partner, I love my partner and he's awesome. But more than that, I love who I get to be with my partner. I love the version of myself that comes out when we're together. And I love the evolution of me through this partnership. He's great, but I'm like in love with me through (laughs) our love. Yeah. That's awesome. Wait, and so what is that? Because you have that, it's free, you mentioned. Oh yeah, sorry. It's like a two hour thing. (laughs) Yes, thegameofdesire.com slash workbook. So it's an accumulation. It takes about two hours to do. It's all my favorite self-assessment quizzes, ranging from Myers-Briggs to the Big Five Personality Assessment, Love Languages, Apology Languages, Turn On Triggers, Orgasm Recipe, um, Commitment Structure Style. So finding out, am I polyamorous? Am I meant for monogamy or monogamish? So that quiz will just give you the same way when you have a resume, it's like, here's my skills clearly defined. Here's mm-hmm. who I am very clear on paper. For ourselves, our intimate selves, we should be able to describe ourselves in a similar, clear, concise way. That's so cool. And so for anybody listening, like 
what a fun thing to do. Like, I'm actually like very, I'm going to do that this weekend. Like it's two hours. Like I, do I just it with think your cool. partner. Yeah. Yes. I feel like that's so fun. Like it's fun. And I, you know, it's just, it's in, insightful to kind of know like what, what's going on before we move on from seduction. I did want to ask you about this because I saw this example that you gave on your website about mind fucking. Yeah. Can you explain that? <laughs> um, so mind fucking is like eliciting someone's sexual response cycle without having to literally say things like your boobs look great or something like that, yeah. right? It's just subtle things that you can do to like turn up the heat in the conversation. It's ways I can draw attention to my mouth. Um, I actually learned about mind fucking first when I was 17 years old. We had this girl in our school who was like, couldn't be any more plain Jane than plain Jane her damn self. And whenever we went out, she would always draw all the attention. And so we actually went to a celebrity basketball game once. And once again, her name was fucking Anna too. Like the most basic name, <laughs> yeah. the most basic girl. Um, and sure enough, we go to this game and like Shaquille O'Neal hits on her. And what? we're like, what is going on, Anna? Like why? What's your secret? What's your secret? And she said that every time that she sees someone that she wants or wants something from, she just stares them in the eye and pictures having sex with them. <laughs> and what that would do is put you in a state of arousal. It'll make your pupils dilate. It'll make your skin flush. Your breathing will become a little bit more shallow. You get a glow to you. And we can subconsciously pick up when somebody is horny. Like makeup is basically on the principles of looking horny. Darker, more dilated pupils, flushed skin, darker lips to show that you're aroused. And so all of that she was doing and like putting herself in this irresistible state of sexuality without ever having to say the word or a single word. So that's what mind fucking is. Oh my God, I love that. If you can't get cuffed up, mind fucking your way. <laughs> like you're like, I mean, that is, I wish I was single just so I could try that. But Brandon, don't worry. I'm not going to mind fuck anyone. Maybe I will. I mind fuck all the time. You really? Yeah, I started mind fucking you when we started talking. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Like, as I was doing it, I was like, okay, yeah. I love that. If I go into, this is like a part that I will, you know, I, sometimes in like important meetings, I mind fuck the person because it creates this sense because you haven't said anything to cross yeah. a barrier or a line. But for some reason, the person feels this excitement from being around you, this rush. And there's this like memorability because you're like, I remember the feeling. My dad always says to me that we don't always remember exactly what, what people said or even their names, but we always remember how someone made us feel. Mm -hmm. If they made us feel excited, comfortable, awkward, going back to that Oprah seduction, they make us feel like the best version of ourselves. And so I feel like flirting at its core brings out the best in everyone. So cool. So anybody listening, you got to try mind fucking this week and then shoot us a DM. Let us know how this <laughs> went down for you. I love it. Um, okay. So we don't have much more time. I want to kind of move through this cuffing season phenomenon. Let's say you used that, your seduction techniques. You maybe have somebody that maybe you're hooking up with. I, how do you kind of and it depends, I guess, it depends on what you want because maybe you just want a warm body next to you, but maybe you want to like make it a little bit more serious. Like talk to me about maybe some like setting boundaries in new relationships or, you know, maybe just like communicating what you want. Yeah, my favorite quote is the key to happiness is managing expectations. So I believe that in order to have a healthy relationship with someone, you have to have the expectation of what it is. No different than I wouldn't start a job and not know what my title is. I'm not going to just show up and do work miscellaneously and not know if I'm an intern, I'm an assistant, or I'm a supervisor. So I think it is important to clarify off the top. Sometimes like I'll have people pay for a one-hour call with me. And they're like, their story is like, it's been four months and I don't know where we stand. I'm like, 
So you'd rather pay a stranger to talk about what this could possibly be than just to literally ask the person like, hey, what is this? And so I think people look at the relationship talk as something you should put off. It's not. It should be built into the beginning of the relationship. I actually have a quiz that's in that workbook. You can do it separately at thegameofdesire.com slash commitment. And it's a quiz you do to find out versus, I mean, amongst nine different archetypes for relationship styles, where are you? Mm-hmm. And have your partner do the quiz too. Where are they? Maybe they're looking for a serial non-committed situation, meaning they want several relationship type relationships without the title. Maybe they're looking for uh, traditional monogamy or modern monogamy. So it's important to know that going into the connection. And then it's not a matter of the talk. It's the conversation. You have to constantly be in dialogue about how are you feeling? What's exciting for you? Like, what are you looking for out of love? What are you looking for out of life? And notice I'm having, this is my way of saying, where is this going? Hmm. But I'm not saying like, where is this going? Do you like me? Is this going to go somewhere? I'm finding ways to make this conversation joyful. Um, exciting to talk about, fun, interesting, and engaging while not having a motivation for what I want you to say. Mm -hmm. I'm genuinely just curious so I can manage my expectations around your reality. So I think that that's the appropriate way to enter into cuffing. Know what you're getting into and then be in constant conversation about what it is, but make sure that your expectations are aligned with what they're actually saying, not what you're hoping they're going to feel or hoping they're going to say. Right. And because if you, if you, and sometimes I feel like a lot of us can like ask like things in a leading way and you're going to get the answers that you want to hear, but it's not necessarily like what you, what the information that you actually need to like process and realize. You know what though? I would debate that. I don't know if a lot of people actually lie. Like if you really examine people and they're like, oh, my friends with benefits and like they say they don't want anything more, but then they'll buy me dinner. And like, what did they say? They didn't want anything more though. So they did say it. Like people aren't saying, if they are, they're like, not right now, maybe in the future. Like that might be their version of saying what they want to say, but they are still telling you, no. At the core, yeah. They're still telling you, this is the relationship I'm actually interested in having right now. So listen to people. Doesn't mean you can't change their mind. I was going to say, do you think that that's actually real? Like if someone tells you that they're not uh, maybe looking for something serious right now that you can actually change them? I mean, listen, my relationship is based off of that. We were friends with benefits to start. and But to be completely honest, though, I actually did not want anything more. I really genuinely did, was comfortable with the fuck buddy. And I created a lifestyle where me and my partner being just fuck buddies was fine with me. I was seeing other people. I had a very full life. And so when he approached me to try to increase the intimacy, I was like, oh, cool. Let's figure out how we can reconfigure what we have because I, I do see you as somebody who I could potentially build with. So I think that except, you know, the key to happiness is managing expectations. And so expect what people are offering to you but you can provide value for them so they can see in a different light as long as you're still comfortable with the investment you're making. I say to people, it's like, you don't want to go to Subway sandwiches expecting lobster Hmm. because even if the sandwich is really good, you're going to leave disappointed. You're going to leave feeling like you got shortchanged. So if they're saying to you, I'm I'm giving out sandwiches, go there with the intent of getting sandwiches. If you need lobster, go somewhere else Mm -hmm. until that person willingly says to you, we're expanding the menu. (laughs) And if Subway is offering lobster, maybe uh, run. <laughs> maybe run. <laughs> um, wait, something I wanted to come back to because as you were saying this, I was like, "Ooh, this is this is juicy." What would you say for anyone who like wants the job of a serious girlfriend, but then maybe shows up as a fuck buddy? 
Like, I, I just feel like I've heard this complaint with friends where they want something a little bit more serious, but they show up for the job, like sleeping together really quickly or just, you know, not taking cues. Like if the person isn't taking them out or even texting them regularly, like giving them girlfriend when they're not really getting that in return. Yes, I know exactly what you're saying. I would say it's, again, it's a gamble. So if I'm hired at a job as an intern and I start doing managerial work, I'm still getting paid as an intern. Now, I might hope that my extra zealous efforts could get me a promotion, but it's possible they're not hiring a manager at this time or they already have somebody else in mind for the roles, no matter how much I overinvest. Now, if you're comfortable with that, like if I'm comfortable showing up and giving more and only getting exactly what you said I would get and nothing more, by all means. But I also recognize like sex is not currency. It's neutral. It's not going to make someone love you, like you, hate you, want to date you, disrespect you. So having sex with someone is not a way to diminish them in your eyes. It's also not a way to boost your profile in their eyes. It's just an activity like mini putt. Um, so it's just a, and it depends how much that person values mini putt, I guess. So <laughs> I would say you only have sex with somebody because you're comfortable win, lose, or draw with however it's going to play out. And you're getting what you want out of it in the exchange. If you're not, I would say this is fool's currency. It's not going to get you what you think. Over-investing is not going to guarantee you some kind of big grand prize in the end. So I would caution somebody against doing that. I think for good sex to happen, there has to be two things in play. One is consent and the other is mutual intent. We have to both be having it for the exact same reasons because if I'm having sex to further the relationship and you're having sex to get off and take a nap afterwards, we're always going to have an incomplete experience together. I'm never going to the next day feel completely good about it. And maybe you might feel guilty about it. So I think clearing up intent is a really big part of it being a great sexual experience and a great partnership overall. Yeah. And I feel like we could, we could talk about this topic for so long and there's so many like nuances to it. And it's so interesting. I do want to touch quickly on like, you know, for some of our longer term couples, you know, so Cause we've been talking about, you know, if you're like kind of like looking to cuff with somebody up until this point, but you know, some of our longer term couples out there, I feel like cuffing season is a good opportunity to kind of like reconnect, you know, maybe like build up some of that intimacy that maybe, you know, as it happens when you're in a long-term relationship, maybe sometimes that goes away. So how do you, what do you think are some good ways for couples to kind What's of recharge? What's secret tips? My secret tips? Yeah. I mean, you're about to get married. So you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. See, this is like we're it's it, I'm not the person to ask because like we we're, <laughs> we're like we definitely like we operate as a team like we're like a very good team like but we're we have a dog together we have a place together we're like managing so many things so I think like our intimacy comes in moments where we can both like relax and like we're we're both kind of like quality time I feel like is like or, or at least my attachment style but that's why I'm asking you girlfriend I need to help too <laughs> I think that, I mean, you said it beautifully. You guys figured out what works for you. And so I think when you first get into any kind of connection, like biology is doing all the work for you. I don't have to try to get turned on if it's a new person who I'm attracted to and vice versa. Your brain is like, great, a new pair bond. Let's make this happen. Dopamine rush, adrenaline spike. And we're getting like serotonin spikes. We're getting all this. Our risk and reward center is lighting up because this is, uh, again, nothing creates an addiction like an inconsistent reward. So when we try a new sport or try a new food, a different part of our brain lights up. 
Now, if you ate the same amazing food for six years straight, probably is not going to be as thrilling to you. So you have to find new ways to manually create that excitement again. You can't just expect that your body's going to do it for you. There's a book that I love by Dr. Helen Fisher called Why We Love. And she says that actually, if you continue to get those butterflies and that I have to have you, that raw animalistic rush around your partners, you would die sooner because that adrenaline damages your tissue. (laughs) So every single time I woke up in the morning, I'm like, flooded with butterflies and like I'm flushed all over, it actually would be long-term not healthy for me. So the fact that desire now becomes a manual part of your relationship is better. And your love moves from passionate love to companionate love. And now you have to start finding ways to create the new. So if you're making spaghetti every day, maybe next time add a little hot sauce, add more time, (laughs) use different kinds of noodles, try angel hair pasta. So um, I have another quiz on my site, which is about turn on triggers. And it's distinct ways that people's sexual arousal cycle gets spiked. So for you, it might be a clean atmosphere. You might need it to be fresh clothes laid down. Like the smell is good. The music is playing. Your senses have to be treated. You may not be able to actually engage with your partner sexually if you look around and see a mess. Just Mm -hmm. the way that your brain works. I, however, could fuck on dirty clothes (laughs) as long as my partner looks me in the eye and is like, you are the hottest thing. I have to have you. I have to feel like I'm desired in order for my desire to kick into high gear. So taking that quiz might be a way for you to acknowledge or understand or communicate to your partner, hey, when you come on to me and I'm not really feeling it, here's what you could do to get me on the same page as you. I have to tell you, so in preparation for this interview, I was looking at your quizzes and I, I found the turn on trigger quiz and I made um, me and Brandon do it last night. I'm like, this is research and development, but like yes. secretly, like I just wanted us to do it. And it was great. And it was actually like very, very eye-opening um, for anybody listening. I'm going to link it in our show notes so you can take it. But I was just amazed that- what you, you get? So you just named both of ours, but like different, like mine was desire. I just think it's interesting that we've been together for five years and I was shocked at what his turn on trigger was. I'm like, how did I not know this? Mm -hmm. Because I was a desire person where I'm like, I'm the same as you. Like, and he is the environment. Oh, fascinating. Which I had no idea. Like I, I was really like, whoa, what? Um, Do you know what's funny? Because our place is a disaster. Jared's the same. Really? Yes, he's environment. And so I learned that too. A lot of the times that I'm trying to come on to him and it's like, Either one, I haven't showered. Cause like, I'm not that motherfucker who's just like always like, I'm just like, we worked out, let's do it. Yeah. And he is like, no, the room is gross. And if people can see, like if our drapes are open, he can't focus. Like he gets so consumed with like the surroundings that he cannot focus on the act. So it's yeah, interesting. It is interesting. And I was the same as you desire. But you know what else I thought was really interesting in that quiz? Cause I think it's cool if you take it with your partner and you can see not just like what they get as their main answer, but all of the questions, how they answer them individually. So there is one question on there. What was it? It was like, what's something like and you could be turned on and it'll this will immediately turn you off. And he picked, he picked like frumpy clothes. Oh my God. That would break my heart. (laughs) Literally. I was like, as he was reading the question, I'm like, please don't pick the frumpy clothes. Please don't bring the frumpy clothes. And I literally like, I like, cause I work from home. I like wake up, I wear the same clothes all day. Like I'm in pajamas, like hair and a messy bun. But I, I was like, you know what? This is good that I know this now. And then I thought it was interesting. I'm like, my whole thing is I need to be desired. And I'm like, dude, I'm not doing myself any favors. Like I'm sitting here, I need to be told I look hot, but yet I dress like a fucking like garbage monster. (laughs) 
So I, it was very eye-opening to me and I have to recommend for anybody. Yeah. Actually, as you're saying that I'm having the exact same epiphany myself. Like (laughs) yesterday was like a day that I literally said, because I can get very like, I am borderline harassing. Like I'm very sexually harassing my partner. I'm like all over him all the time. And like today I was like, do you think my vagina is beautiful? Like, I just want to hear like, is it beautiful? Are you turned on by it? But I'm like, you got to do your work too. Like yeah. there's, a, there's a two-way street at hand. And so he's going to be more inclined to tell you that your pussy is beautiful if you have maybe shaved or showered or, you know, put an extra bit of care. <laughs> Creaming your feet even, I've learned, is a thing for him. Because, like, sometimes your heels, they're really dry. And the sound of it cracking on the sheets gets me out of it. <laughs> and I'm like, fair enough. Fair I enough. have the driest feet. Oh, there's no way your feet are drier than mine. Do you want to— Well, I actually put lotion on them today only because of, like— me just being more hyper aware, but normally like, and actually now that I'm thinking about it, he has bought me like foot cream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all like coming together now. I'm like, wait a second. I think what this is really revealing is that we should be sexual together and our partners should be sexual together. Yeah. <laughs> it would be fine. I will take your dry heels and your bummy clothes as long as you tell me I'm hot. Okay, perfect. I mean, you've been mind bucking me this whole time. Right. So, so it's just only fair. Do this. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Anything else? I mean, I feel like this is great. And obviously you have so much information and I, even just like in prepping for this interview and going through like your YouTube clips, like the things that you've done, I've learned a lot. So I want to encourage anybody who's listening to check you out and pimp yourself out. Where can we find more of you? All places, Shan Booty, Booty with a D because my last name is Boodram, not because of my anatomy, going back to managing expectations, don't come expecting (laughs) a bunch of ass shots. It's not there. Perfect. All right. So find you there. And um, I'm going to link everything in show notes. Check out your book, please. Yes. That's the most important thing I could say that the book is my greatest accomplishment. It's my greatest piece of work. It's the accumulation of 13 plus years of research in this space of people way smarter than me. Um, And it is, some people say to me, how is it better than other dating books? To me, this is an accumulation of my favorite dating books and what I've learned. And I actually took and made a five-phase strategy that I tested it out on six women. So the book is half self-help, but also a story of women who try this out for the first time and the ridiculous and crazy scenarios that we get up to. So please check it out. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Shan. Thank you. All right. That is a wrap on our cuffing season episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you had some laughs and also walked away with some new knowledge and tips you could put into action. Uh, I know the first thing I'm going to try from this episode is mind fucking. (laughs) I still can't really get over that one. I want to give a big shout out to our guests, Ashley and Rena from the Girls Gotta Eat podcast. And of course, our expert, Shan Boudram. Uh, I'm going to link those quizzes we talked about as well as Shan's book and our Big Kid Problems Amazon list. That's all in our show notes. Every book we talk about on this podcast goes into that uh, Amazon list. So if you're looking for some new reading material, that's definitely a good place to start. Uh, I'll also link the discount codes I mentioned from our sponsors in show notes. So check that out and take advantage. If you enjoyed this episode, this is the part where I ask you to share it with your friends, send it to a friend you think would like it, or maybe even just post it on your IG story. You can tag myself or any of our guests if there was a moment or something specific you loved, and I will feature it on Instagram. Also, if you wouldn't mind, this is the part where I beg you to subscribe and leave a positive review on the podcast if you haven't done so already. It takes two seconds, and it honestly makes a huge difference 
comments and like also just makes my day. Um, I read every review that comes through and you guys have no idea how much it means to me when I hear that you're digging the show. All right, that is enough for me this week. Thank you again for tuning in. I know there are a lot of ways you can spend your hour, so I appreciate you spending it with me. And get ready because next week's episode takes a little bit of a turn. Gets a little dark at some points, but you know, we're here to keep it real. So get excited for that and I will see you next Tuesday. 